sense of perspective. From a cosmic point of view, which includes the breadth of our whole life, our romantic turmoil matters very little. It's a passing show, a moment in time. Speaking of romantic turmoil, this book doesn't promise the quick fix or the perfect relationship that so many dating books guarantee. I have no pat formulas that will bring you a marriage made in heaven, get you to the altar, or put the words I do in someone's mouth. Think about all the books out there with surefire ways to lose 20 pounds. They may work in the short term, but to keep the pounds off, you need to make permanent changes, not only in your eating and exercise habits, but in your ability to know and love yourself. Everyone knows what a challenge that is. How much more of a challenge, then, to change our lifelong beliefs and habits about relationships, romance, and love. But if you read this book and take it to heart, you can let yourself be more open and natural so that you know better who you are and what you want. You can begin to relax, smile at your fears, and develop the courage to be more authentic and honest. This will allow you to be seen and loved for who you are instead of hiding out and pushing people away. As you feel more secure, you will worry less about how others respond to you and you will find greater intimacy in all your relationships. The desperation to have a partner will give way to learning to live from your essence, which is pure love, compassion, and understanding. At the same time, if you want a lover or a mate, this book will help you find one. Now, it's time to begin the journey. Part 1. Preparation for Love. Walking a Path of Truth and Loving Kindness. 1. If the Buddha dated, or anyone on a spiritual path. Of course the Buddha didn't date. No one really dated in his time. In that culture, as in many others, it would have been considered barbarian to have young men and women chase after each other, left completely on their own to find mates. The Buddha wasn't a Buddhist either. That term came from his followers. It means the enlightened one, or one who is awake. According to Wapula Rahula's What the Buddha Taught, his name was Siddhartha Gautama, son of Queen Maya and Suddhodana the ruler of the kingdom of the Sakyas. He was married at age 16 to a beautiful princess, and while the palace provided every comfort imaginable, he wanted to find a solution to the universal suffering of mankind. At age 29, shortly after the birth of his first son, he left the palace to become an ascetic, which meant living with extreme simplicity, poverty, and chastity. For six years he wandered about, meeting famous religious teachers, studying their methods, and submitting himself to rigorous spiritual practices. But they did not give him the answers he sought, so he abandoned these traditional approaches and, at age 35, became enlightened after sitting for 49 days under the Bodhi or Bow tree, the tree of wisdom. He saw that there is only one reality that form is emptiness and emptiness is form, that we are all made of the same substance, all interconnected. 
for the next forty-five years he taught anyone who sought his wisdom, kings and peasants alike. Rather than saying, Worship me, he taught people to become free of their illusions so they could be in touch with their inner radiance, or, as some say, the luminous essence at the center of their being, the natural wellspring of compassion, kindness, and tranquility. He believed that from this place we would see each other clearly, free of expectations and images from the past. Siddhartha Gautama became known as Buddha, the Enlightened One, but never claimed to be other than a human being. While Buddhism is often portrayed as austere, in reality it embraces all we are as humans. At the same time, it takes us beyond a kind of self-centered narcissism because instead of identifying with the content of our experience, we identify with awareness itself. Enlightenment is not about becoming...